Alright, the mics. The mics are on. And this is episode 5. I want to say episode 5 of Open Gym. No. <laughs> we are having technical difficulties. I am lost. This is episode 5 of Nutty North. Presented. I told you not to go out last night. I told you. That's crazy. This was and everybody blames me for going out a lot. My I gosh. I, I was at home in bed, 10 o'clock, asleep. <laughs> That's crazy. I ain't your baby mom, bro. You got the lot of me. That's crazy. This is episode five of Nutty North presented by Mojo Sports Kid. I am Rondell Sutherland here with T. Nesbitt, and we got a special guest with us. Uh, I forgot his name. Wow. You're going to have to introduce yourself, man. What's going on? Ty Fisher. Uh, Mr. 90 Minutes with Ty Fisher is here with us. That, that just sounded like a, um, when, you, when you check it into work doing orientation. Like, hi, everybody. I'm Ty Fisher. <laughs> so, Ty yeah. Uh, Maurice couldn't be here with us today. You know, he's out handling some business, so we had to had to sub somebody in. So oh, we brought in a brother Ty. So, to get everything started off and popping. Are we sure we're good now? That's the question. Better be live. Yeah, I hear it. Yeah, right, we cool. live. I hear it on the live. So All we right. good. All right, awesome. So to get everything started off, everything popping, and we don't be late, we're going to start off with training camp. And you want to take it away, Ty? I mean, you know your name, T. <laughs> <laughs> I do know my name. What I don't drink anymore. I did sometimes, I forgot it. But uh, <laughs> um, I'm happy. It's back. Football's back. You know what I mean, man? Any type of sport. Um, when we started this, there was no sport at all. Nothing. Um, so just we're at the point now where everything's going to be over-covered. Um, nobody cared about training camp as much as people do now. Nobody cared about scrimmages and practices and the whole nine like they do now just because we have a sport back. Um, I'm just ready to see something. It's nice to see the little mini camp coverages and seeing some of the, the um, new faces and old places and um, some old faces and new places too. Um, going out there and getting some type of chemistry together. I mean, we all know COVID is going to be different, but I think it's just good to have some type of semblance of normalcy back in sports as normal. So I'm um, happy for it. Yeah, I'm happy for it too. Uh, what about you, Ty? I know you ain't really a you ain't a football guy like that, right? You more soccer? Yeah, but I, but I mean, I still I mean I still watch it. Right. I mean, it's I think without without football, I don't think there would be any other sense of normalcy if it wasn't football. So with there being like coverage, training camp, and whatnot, you know, slowly but surely trying to get back to normal, uh, possibly without fans, but. So it's good to have uh, all sports back to somewhat normalcy. All right, all right. So um, how do y'all think uh, players are adjusting? Because I know I, I read um, about Sam Hubbard when he got to training camp. He said even though it's football, you know, he's happy to be back, It's it feels different. Yeah, so, definitely. Y'all see any reports like that? Yeah, I mean, I just think that it's just like the basketball players with the bubble and, you know, soccer, baseball, everything, like – you have to adjust. It's going to be a different ball game. Um, everything, even, you know, everybody's life changes. It's not just the football players and athletes and stuff like that. It's everybody's life is going to change. So, I mean, you have an opt-in opt and opt-out situation. You can come and play and know that everything's not going to be going to know that, you know, at any moment you might have a swab stuck up your nose. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
temperature checked, whatever. Um, how, however, they're going to have to do it to make sure that they're getting some sense of normalcy. Um, it's it's going to have to happen. So I think it's if you're looking forward to being how training camp was last year, you're the one that's misguided. So um, I just think it's just it's going to be adjustment for everybody. I mean, watching football with no fans is going to be adjustment unless you're a Rams fan. And otherwise, you're used to seeing no fans at your games. But outside of that, you mean Chargers, Rams, Chargers? No, Rams and Chargers. No, Rams had fans. Rams has always had fans. The Chargers never they, had fans. St. Louis, they did. I'm talking about LA. They both in LA now. Right, but the Rams still in LA have fans. The Chargers, the Chargers did not. The Chargers had nobody. I mean, these last few years, I don't think the Rams have had any fans. So you mean to tell me when the Rams? Then they make the Super Bowl. Yeah, like, they yeah, have no fans. What? Okay, man. That's crazy. <laughs> they did. Like, that's was, crazy. It was like the Heat back in the day when you would look at the Heat games where they had LeBron Wade in Boston. It would be like a half-empty stadium. Like, why do but you have to realize this is Miami, this is L.A.? And that's kind of my point about it. Like, I didn't think it was any, you know, reason to put two L.A. teams there anyway just because it's not like it's that much of a demand. So when you look at the games, like you bring up the footage of those stadium games, it's half empty. At least well, more than half empty because people weren't coming to the games. It was just different. Now, St. Louis, they were there. I agree with you on that one. Chargers. The Chargers, I, I think it's, I still think it's Chargers. Chargers never had nobody. No. Especially after they left San Diego and went to L.A. and were playing in uh, Dignity Health Sports Park where they share that stadium with a soccer team. Look at that. Yeah, they yeah they do. Of course, that soccer team draws more fans than the football team, anyway. But nonetheless, in San, in San Diego, they had I want to say like seventy percent capacity at every game. Now that they're in LA, when they're in San Diego, now they're in LA, they have nobody. They have like a, a, they have like at least sixty five percent capacity. That's so good. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> good at all. But I'm a Dolphins fan, so. Mm. Talk about no fans at a game. Fitz <laughs> magic. But um, it's, it's, it's going to be a different look, though. But, I mean, I think the way the world has went, we have that different look. Like, we are forever seeing no fans at games. You know, the basketball, they're doing it. Um, they, they have virtual fans and stuff like that. But for the most part, there's no fans there. Um, baseball, empty stadiums. Um, soccer, empty stadiums, hockey, empty. You're just going to get used to it. You know, this is, it's, it's, the phrase is kind of getting overused, but it's still reality. It's the new normal. So, I mean, I just, at the end of the day, the game doesn't change. So, I think just like all the other sports, once the game is played, nobody's going to care about the fans in the stadium and that. You know, it's just happy to have it back. And we're all just kind of looking forward to it continuing and kind of waiting for that moment that everything blows up to. You know what I'm saying? Because we know that's around the corner. The moment somebody decides to go out to the club and kick it a little bit and come back and cope it up the place, that can be an issue. So it's just, just you know, football is always really interesting to see because so many different things can happen during the course of a season. But just like everything else, it's just a different ball game completely. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. I pose a question to both of you guys. Do you think the NFL should have done a bubble? Like basketball. I mean, I don't think it's and... really possible for them to do a bubble. Like they're kind of like MLB; they're always moving. So I don't really think it would be possible unless I, I, I saw something. Unless of, they do hub cities like hockey did. Yeah, I, I saw something. One of my friends posed on uh, posted on Twitter said that if they were to do one, 
they would more than likely have it in London. That wouldn't be a bad idea. It, it really wouldn't. But I wouldn't be against them, like, spread the season out more. Take the four weeks that you take away from preseason, make it into whatever, um, 21, 22 weeks or something like that, and then give each team kind of like buys when they're traveling far. You know, like if you if you have to travel to like Los Angeles and your East Coast team, give them a week off for a buy. That way they can kind of they can quarantine or whatever. You got a week of practice, week to get yourself together, and give the other team that too. You know, um, you'll have more time to be able to kind of maneuver things around. And this is the COVID time, so you know you probably get you get one buy each year. Um, every other year. This year's just going to have to be different. You know, I know college football, I think it's like three buys uh, for their schedule. That's how it's going to have to be. You know, you're going to have to adjust and move things kind of accordingly. So I think, um, going back to your point about the bubble, I think that's why they couldn't have a bubble because it's week by week. So you, the NBA, you're really asking players to stay away from their family and, and all that for a couple months. That's easily, that's doable. NFL, it's it's probably about three, four months, and then you have the playoff time, and that's it's just kind of extending a lot of time to being away from normalcy. And I don't think with the moving parts, they will be able to condense that unless they move to a situation where it's like a wide world of sports thing that they can find an area where you can play multiple games. That's where the NBA has the end, they can play multiple games at this point. And because of that, they can kind of move it around and say, you know, we'll have, let's say for example, Browns, Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, and um, Jets, Dolphins. All three of those teams will be playing in the same area at the same time, the same space. So it's easier to kind of do that week by week. Or um, they can kind of give a couple of days off and then play like Sunday and Thursday to have a different set. Like, long story short, you're going to have to do something dramatically different, something that goes against tradition, but every sport has to have to do that to be able to run. So you kind of have yourself in that situation where you either have to make a decision to adjust or you want to have your sport. So that's what NFL will have to figure out. Okay, so have you seen any of, like, you said by default since you're, uh, what was it, a fan of the crew, that you're a Browns fan, so yeah, I'm here with two Browns fans, that's that's kind of sucky, but have y'all seen y'all team do anything to combat this, because I know um, with the Bengals, that Zach Taylor, he has all his QBs in a separate room for, like, to watch film and all that other stuff, so have y'all seen any... Anything like that with the Browns? Not necessarily as of yet, but I think um, just going to back to the Beckham thing that they, I know they dropped that he was saying like, all oh, the NFL shouldn't have a season or whatever, and then it came back and was like, oh, this happened before he seen what happened in the Browns um, area. So um, I know when I watch, um, I think it's called Behind the Browns or something, I, think, I can't remember the name, but it's a show about the Browns, and like kind of, it's kind of like a hard knock show. But um, it just covers a lot of stuff. The Browns. the Browns have been already ahead of the curve as far as keeping things safe and clean and you know and all that. So as far as the reports go, I don't think nothing's coming out. But we do live in a negative kind of media age too, where you know they're not going to report. Oh, this is a spit shine operation. You know what I'm saying? This is squeaky clean. They got everything together. You know, this is a great place to play. They you know they they're not going to report that. So it's more so we haven't. I haven't seen it because it's just not being recorded, but I do know the Browns have, at least through the COVID situation, been ahead of the game on making sure their air was safe and sound. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> I can concur with that. All right. Okay. Yeah. 
time. We just having a whole bunch of technical difficulties. But, uh, it's fine, man. It's, it's part of the process. Yeah, it's part of the yeah. process. Oh, it's okay. Let's see. So. Let's just uh, let's talk out. Um, I think the training camps now have both the rookies and the vets there. So, do you truly believe that this is a safe option for the NFL right now? No. I don't think nothing's safe. I mean, it's it's the best that they can do, I guess. Um, especially, I think uh, I think it was. Can don't quote me on it. I want to say it was ninety-five players were tested and were found to have COVID, which was like two percent. So um, I would have to say whatever they're doing is kind of working without a bubble. The NBA, I know they had a 0% situation, but the NBA also has a bubble. You're not going in and out of places. You're not moving around freely. You're not you know, doing those kind of things. So I think it's supposed, like, if you have 1% rate in the NBA, you're in panic mode. But I think the NFL, with the numbers being that low, they're earing on the, safe, on the, on the side of safety. Um, whatever they're doing is kind of working, and they – they have to get it. I don't. I don't think it's more so a number of. Job of kind of finding the players who have COVID or have the symptoms or whatnot, and they're doing the right things with them by keeping away from the teams until they're ready to go back out there. So, from the looks of it, it looks like the NFL is paying special attention to the people who ended up having it. That way, they, they already know the people who are in their camps and stuff are together. And I and I think just like the NBA, they must all have money. They have enough to get tests and run their business the way that they need to run their business. So I don't I don't see it being too much of a problem. Unless again, like I said, somebody goes out and you can't control what a player does when they're out of your 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 vision. Especially when you have eighty players, you know, so it's just kinda of working around that. You said you said what, ninety something players had? I think it was like ninety five or something like that. Ninety five when do you know when that was last reported? I think it was today, actually. Oh, it's, I I see fifty six. That's what I said. Don't quote so, well, me. Yeah, yeah. I was, no, I, I did. I didn't know if that was like was something that was reported before, and then I just typed in NFL COVID release and fifty six. Uh, as well, according to the Washington Post here, okay. I have fifty six have tested positive. But yeah. of course, but of course, I mean, so is it the right, same thing? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like right here. Uh, I mean, I can understand that it's expected to deal with positive testing results, but I think, I mean, you, I mean, you're going to have that no matter what you're going to have positive tests. Now, whether or not you want to choose to weed out the positive tests so that way you can continue and keep testing other than that. And then and check the NBA, like NBA has like nothing so far. Um, and I, I don't know if that's going to be the same way with NFL after they like, weed out the or quarantine the positive players and then see te- and then see results drop or not i think they do have to figure because it's it's just it's it's really what you're doing is you're telling everybody to be safe and be smart and as we've known with nfl players they don't always make the smartest safety decisions i mean right. historically it's just always a thing with nfl athletes so i think it's just more so just it's no different than any governor or mayor 
or whatnot, they're all telling you the same thing. Be safe, be smart, cover your faces when you're coming around, and you know, be able to handle things the way the pandemic is dictating you handle it. You can't handle it like you used to. You know, you used to walk around willy-nilly doing whatever you wanted to. Now you can't do that anymore. So I just think it's more so about policing yourself and not having to have, you know, big brother tell you what to do all the time. You know, at, at some point, it's not that big of a deal. You can afford masks. You know what I'm saying? You can you wear a mask for a living when you play football. You know what I mean? I, I get you can breathe a little different in it, but you still put a mask on your head. You can put a mask to walk into a place. You know, you you know exactly um what you're doing when you go out to some some area. Like just, you know, how the um going back to basketball with Lou Williams, it's not just you affecting one person or you affect two people, whatever the case may be, you affect the whole league once you do stuff like that. So if you're an NFL player and you decided to opt in, you're also to me opting in with the I'm gonna be safe and smart and do the right thing. Like, I'm gonna be responsible, not go out to strip clubs or whatever. Yeah. Pretty like, much try to stay safe, quarantine myself. Yeah. Right. And that's all you have to do. So it's like if I can do what I need to do, then I have to depend on the NFL and their teams to do what they need to do, which is have proper COVID testing, um, proper just protocol. Like before, I know we talked about, it, I think it was last week, how the NFL had their protocols and what they were doing as far as making it safe for the players. Yeah, it was. And, uh, it was. I think we were was talking about stuff. the letter, right, Roger? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's more so like have me a plan that lets me know that. You're going to hold up to your end of the bargain. Like this, this ain't no different than any other relationship. A lot of times, relationships become a hundred to zero. You know, I you give me your all, I give you nothing, and it's to me, it should always be fifty fifty. And I think the NFL needs to work with their players the same way. Like I give you my half, you give me your half. You be transparent with me, I be transparent with you. If you want me to come play the football game for you. You need to make sure it's safe for me to do that. So I just think it's it's the players have to do what they have to do to stay quarantined, to stay, you know, um, COVID free. And the NFL has to do what they need to do to make sure that these players can stay COVID free. And the rare cases, and again, if it's not, you know, 95 or 56, the rare cases that they're able to get them guys together and say, OK, you have COVID. You got a week off now or you got two weeks off now. You can't come back until you have three negative tests or something like that. Like make it a protocol where everybody knows what's up. It's just, it seems like a lot of stuff is just winged and that can't happen. Okay. So, um, well, we know right now that the NFL has put in place that only 80 man rosters for the training camp. Have you seen any moves there? Cause I know the Bengals have, they cut one player and they waved another, but I don't know all the moves that they did. Well, you know, this is this training camp ain't no different than any other training camp. It's, right. You know, cut bodies. You know, there's there, there's a phrase that's called trend, uh, not trend, excuse me, um, camp bodies. And, you know, that's where your fourth quarterback come at, into play at and your second kicker and your second punter and, you know, whatever. So it's more so, I mean, this is an important time for the bottom of the of all these rosters because there won't be no preseason games for you to be able to show you know show yourself off or nothing like that. But I think it's needed just because of the way the COVID thing is. You know, I was just looking at Detroit the other day and Detroit didn't have Matt Stafford because, you know, um allegedly it was a false COVID test. But still, what happens if you don't have a Matt Stafford? You will need to have a not only your backup quarterbacks will have to step into his spot, but you will need to find another backup. You know, so it's more so they're 
getting a better look at all these players. Like, I think it's going to be a different kind of training camp now instead of, you know, I think it'll be more of an anomaly. Like you just said, there's been a Bengals player cut and just kind of replaced. He probably was hurt or something. But I think for the most part, they're going to ride this thing out all the way to the end because you don't know. You have to really, you have, everything has to be different. You know, you have to own different, coach different, teach different, play different. Everything's different. So it's just kind of having to get that mindset. Hi, Mom. Who has the nerves and audacity to call me doing the show? <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. This scam like with it. Hey, yeah, man, bro. <laughs> that happened. You know, I was getting text messages yesterday, so. Man. What happened, bro? We ain't even blowing yes. up. It better man. be a sponsor. <laughs> it's probably not. It's I mean, not. I know it's not. Like, okay. I, like, anytime I do my show, right. I get, like, Facebook messages, Snapchats. Twitter notifications. I'm just like, y'all leave me alone. Like, let me do my show. Let me do my show. I'm literally doing the show. Nobody wants you until you're doing the show. Somebody broke something back there. Yeah. That's not good. But uh, we're about to go on break real quick. When we come back, we're going to continue with training camp and we're going to talk a little Ravens and Steelers. All right. All right. And we are back. Y'all ready? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're just talking more training camp right now. Uh, the most interesting thing that I saw out of the Ravens training camp is that uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown has put on 23 pounds. He seems like he's coming this new season. He seems like he's coming serious. Like he's trying to improve how Lamar did. That's a lot of pounds to pick up. Right. Like, I want to know what he was doing. That's the most. Forget the he gained 23 pound aspect of it. I want to know exactly what he did. Like, I want to hear, man, on Mondays, I ate lobster, crab, burgers, freaking rooster. I, I want to see the menu that you he, he had over that time for him. Yeah, like, he bulked up for real. I, I mean, I feel him, though. Like, I respect it, especially you getting money now. Like, hey. I can eat whatever I want to. I ain't got to worry about the Uber Eats fees or nothing, the DoorDash, none of that. Go ahead. I'm tipping too. <laughs> Cinnabon, five ninety nine for the delivery. Hold up. Well, you think he was just he was just snacking, just eating. He better be. I mean, put up twenty three. We, we just talked. I mean, what if he was just working out and yeah. he got bigger? No, I, I mean, got a, I got a fat man mentality. So, <laughs> like, am I am I wrong? Nah, nah, see that. He was over in Raleigh's getting double fries, extra cheese. He was mixing that stuff at Subway. He got the rib sandwich twice. Come on. He didn't even get bro, that rib sandwich slap. Hey, big beefer does sound good, right? Man, now. Listen, it don't really. It and you Marquise really Brown, is. so you really don't even be having to pay for stuff half the time because the Ravens were a good team. So you know he just going in wherever place and being like, yo, let me get about five of them on stack. Saying something cool like that, like put that on stack That's and get big. Like, you don't think you don't think what man? We always have this argument about. I don't know what he just what I don't know what he just went on, but I, I'm just. I saying. just feel like he over there. I mean, you put 23 pounds on like. Bro, I feel we like, was just last week talking about Baker getting in shape, and we now we talking about Marquis gaining weight because you know out there he was looking like a stick. Well, Baker had a little gut over there. He had a little baby gut going. So you know, he went to Heisman. You can do pretty much whatever you want. True. No, you can't. Yes, you can. You can. You mean you mean to tell me that you don't see Joe Burrow doing any of that? You don't see him tell me that Joe Burrow. There's been video of him playing in work. He looked ripped. That's a, that's another thing. Joe Burrow looking ripped. Have you seen that? I mean, you know, everybody looks good when you ain't getting that 300-pound D-tackle chasing after you. But he just, well, I mean, like, he could run away from a 300-pound D-tackle. Let's hope so. Any of them? 
right. <laughs> I'm just trying to talk about Marquise Brown putting on some weight. He looking out. He out there looking like he's trying to be receiver one. If Coach was here, he would have appreciated that. Yeah, yeah that's because that's his group. Like, of course. Like, <laughs> but in reality, like, nah, like, all just aside, I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, you're going to put in work. Like, I, I can guarantee you that. The 23 pounds over a course of, what, a few months? That's where I'm getting the he was grubbing at. Because okay. it's a mix of it. Like, I'm pretty sure he was. Because when you that little. I mean, like, believe me. He at least had his cheese day. Like, we all yeah, seen man. what The Rock eat on his cheese day. Like, that man eat. He eat a lot. So he at least had his cheat day. The Rock is made like that. <laughs> just playing with people, bro. The Rock ain't working out. He just get somebody chisel that dude, bro. He's different than Marquise Brown, I tell you that. But I mean, I just think it's it's more so. I mean, that's good to see. Seeing twenty three pound gain, that's something you don't see every day. So right. I don't. I would think it would be a good thing for him. I mean, he's super fast, so, I mean, if he loses a little bit of speed, what, he's going to run like a 4-4? Four, four, that's still going to work out. I mean, what did he run? I think he ran like a 4-3, maybe. Don't quote me on it. I still look it up. But um, I, as long as, to me, as long as your speed is still cool, he's going to still be cool. That's his thing. He was probably going to be the, the wide receiver one anyway. You need to be trying to get better. You need to be trying to get more physical. You need to be working on your body. So it's good to see that he's doing something. So I mean, shout out to him. Yeah, he won. He ran a four three two. Okay. Yeah. So you run a four four two. He gets chubbier. So I right. wish John Ross would do something. He ran a four two. Yeah. I mean, too fast to be injured all the time. <laughs> he ran to the sideline. That's crazy. All right. So something that caught my eye was that the NFLPA created. A whistleblower, whistleblower, yeah, whistleblower hotline. hotline yeah, and I so, saw that. You saw that? Yeah, okay. I, I, cause I, I'd be watching Sports Center on Snapchat in the mornings. Right. As soon as like, as soon as I wake up, this is what I do: grab my phone, get on Snapchat, watch Sports Center. And I, man, I, well, they want the NFL to, you want, they want the players to snitch on each other. I mean, what, what's going on? I, mean, I, I want to hear them snitch calls though. That's the most important. How do you? What do you say though? Like, yo, I, I mean, at least it's the players' association that's doing this hotline. Like, they came up with let's call, let's have a hotline to you know talk about uh if you got COVID or not. So if they got it, like somebody got snitched. NFBA hotline. Yeah, I don't feel safe in my training camp. Uh, I know of like one person that has COVID. Uh, may I have the name, please? And what? As, man, that that would really make me upset if I've if 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 I'm in training camp, right, and I see a player that I did I didn't know got tested. Or, I don't know. I don't know the results. If I see a player walk off and then I don't see him for like a while back, and then I hear through the grapevine that one of my own teammates ratted out another one of my own teammates or vice or anything like that. I'm gonna be upset. See that that was a different can of worms too. Because what if you have a let's say a tight end in front of you, and you're like, man, I'm really trying to play. I really want this dude's spot. One nine hundred snitch. <laughs> like, yo, I seen this dude with the gyro card the other day. No mask on, no gloves, no nothing, and he got a kiss. Lock him up. <laughs> Lock him up. <laughs> and he got a kiss. Then the very next week, oh no, I was just playing. He hard. He cool. But I, I just, I, do it. I, I get it. 
but I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of Tattletales, so I mean, I, I understand it because it is it's so much on the line. Right, it is. So I mean, you know, just being real, like somebody's going to go that line. Um, but it's again, it's just about players being responsible. It's but, about players. I mean, when it comes down to it, like we were. Like last week, we were talking about Roger Goodell has nothing in place, but if the PA is creating something like this, this is something in place at least for them to combat it. The PA need to ask for some of Goodell's money because they doing all the work. I mean, I would—that's a good point. I think you need a couple little extra ducats. But I mean, it's everything is just a wait and see approach for real. You know, we need to see how everything plays out, the what, the whens, the whys, the whos. Um, who blows everything up? Who you know? Can we get this thing structured? Is the not even just the NFL? Like, what does the government officials have to say? Because sometimes it may get out of our our hands, out of our control. So, I just think I mean, it's it's higher ups that are paid to make these decisions. So, I mean, somebody needs to figure out the kind of structure. So, we'll see. Okay. All right. Well, fair point. Yeah, that that is kind of a fair point. You know. Even though y'all were just making jokes about being snitches and everything, I mean that's just I'm so, you. You mean you mean to tell me that you wouldn't be upset if I somebody mean, if somebody if somebody if it was a legitimate reason I wouldn't be upset. But if it was just like he said, I'm I'm what QB one or I'm halfback one, and you try to get me out of the way, then yeah, we got problems. Jesus, he's just calling like man. I'm calling, calling my people like, hey, start me a fantasy this week. Go ahead and pick me up. <laughs> Running back ahead of me ain't gonna be playing, so a lot of carries coming my way. That's crazy. We call one eight hundred snitch on a player. That's out of here. <laughs> FCC. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's something for everybody, even the snitches. So. Something for everybody, even the snitches. Even the snitches. We, 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 should, put, we should put that. Right. He's the one that started the one nine hundred snitch line. All right, bro. That's what happened. All right, I was gonna say Brought we should put that on the shirt, and you went and ruined it. That's crazy. <laughs> Hold up. I didn't. I did not see that. It said NFL has fifty six positive COVID tests. Yeah, he really doesn't pay attention. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I wasn't. We literally, we literally talked about. I know y'all were. Talk, I was over here having technical difficulties. <laughs> I, I literally had it up too. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. If I'm not mistaken. I think it's still right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at that, right? How was I posting? Yeah, I'm over here trying to fix everything. Let's let's show the viewers at home. Mm. Man, put your computer away. I got computers <laughs> over here. But say so you better be having that, that right uh, Facebook message come through, right? Or that video message. Huh? Picture mail. Hey, Ty the guy. Ty the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call him Ty the guy for no reason. Hey, you the one with the, the messages coming to. Man. I ain't got no Freely one. showing his. Yeah. Ain't scared of nothing, so. <laughs> right now, we about to talk. He did the Dragon Ball Z thing. The Dragon Ball Z was a Pokemon. Oh, Come on, man. That's Dragon Ball Z. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, oh man, T. Man, listen, I shake my. Never mind. <laughs> All, right. All right, man, but before we keep going, you know, catch us on score Catch us on scoreonair.com or scoreonair at facebook.com. 
Are you good, bro? We gotta make sure he. I told you he was going out on these Wednesdays and want to stumble in on Thursday. He wiped the game right. yesterday. Oh man, he just was like, no, I'm about to just kick it. Everything. I be, I be on the road sometimes on Wednesday and Thursday. I be like, what happened? But yeah, check us out, scoringair.com or scoringair at facebook.com, where we have all our live streams, daily uh, blogs, daily content. Just check us out, scoringair.com. You know. Oh, where am I? Now? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now we're going to go into a little uh, predictions. The Bleach Report had put out predictions for all 32 teams. So we're going to talk a, about the AFC North teams. Which one y'all want to start out with first? Start with your Bengals. I mean, we ain't had to, but all right, let's start with Bengals. Go ahead, bro. Yeah. Oh, he said from the bottom up. That's crazy. <laughs> Right, not at the bottom. No, I think they are. Of course, I can't. No, we're not at the bottom. They got us. Uh, well, I mean, our Super Bowl odds is 100 to 1. That's ain't nothing to prove it. 4 and 12. Oh, here. Okay. 4 and 12. Yes, sir. Bro, get you two wins. I ain't mad at you. I mean, look. I said, well, I don't know what I said. I think I said 6 and 10. 8 and 8 at best or something. Yeah. So 4 and 12 ain't that. It ain't that bad. The best, yeah. but it says, uh, I mean, look, the four ain't bad. What you mean? Four wins. It depends on who the four ones come against. Is true? I mean, it's gonna come against Miami. I think we got Miami. Wow, bro. Yeah. Wow. Yes, okay. Let's right, really talk about it while I type it up right up. Uh, well, I mean, I think I said what I say, five and eleven. I think he did. Was their peak. So, I mean, this is around where I expect them to be. They need growing pains. Um, they're going to go through them. Especially, I mean, more than anything, it's the, you know, Burroughs is going to start. But the first live action he's going to get is week one. There ain't going to be no preseason. It's not going to be no you know, growing pains that he's going to be able to get through. So, he's going to have to figure it out on the fly. And I don't think that that helps win you games this year. But I do think that... Um, being under as much pressure as he's going to be under, it will help him going forward just because you're going to have to learn on the fly. And if Joe Burrows is as smart as he's he's shown to be, then he'll be able to adjust and he'll be able to make some moves happen and he'll be able to kind of figure things out. It may not translate in the uh, win department, but you can be like Kyler Murray. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think Kyler Murray had a pretty good year last year. I mean, he won their offensive rookie of the year, but his team won four games. So it's not like you're going to look at him and say, well, you know, you're a winner. No, but you're a guy that can take it to the next level. I feel like um, Kyler Murray, I think he had an adjustment, too, because it wasn't a COVID situation, but he came from playing baseball. So being a two-sport star and then playing, you know, being a Heisman winner, you have more things to do outside of, you know, just pretty much chilling and doing school stuff and then playing your sport. You you have a you pretty much are working already, you know, just Getting into the, the baseball draft, that's a process. That's a lot to have to deal with. And then still going out and being able to execute, um, being the rookie of the year, I think that's a good way for Burroughs looking at that as a barometer and say, okay, it may not show up in the in the win column, but if I throw, you know, three thousand or something yards and twenty TDs, eight interceptions or something like that, can we build on it? So I think it's it's more so just a it's a building year for Cincinnati, but it would have been that way in a normal year too. Okay. You, you stick with Zach Taylor? It's right here. It says a relatively inexperienced head coach and Zach Taylor, by the way. 
I mean, we knew that from the first season going in. He he didn't call a play. I mean, they said he was the quarterback coach, to, so he came in to approve Andy Dalton, but we all saw what happened. I just think it's a, it's a transition year for both of them. You know, like they, they're going to have to grow together. I think that's that's why they got Zach Taylor last year. It was pretty much like if you can work miracles and you can get Dalton balling and you can do this and you can do that, then cool. You know, it's a whole different ball game. But if you can't, we'll cut him. We'll draft another quarterback. Y'all can grow together. Because Dalton wasn't Zach Taylor's guy. I mean, yeah, he so, wasn't. Right. I mean, Ryan Finley was supposed to be Zach Taylor's guy. Uh, you saw what happened there. Yeah. That man barely threw a ball at all. <laughs> yeah. He's like Osweiler. I hate to say it. But. but, I mean, the biggest problem with Zach Taylor that I've been saying is that he got a relinquished uh, play call. That's his biggest problem. Well, I mean, he has to he has to figure that out, you know, and that's the thing. That's where you build on. You know, Zach Taylor has a year already that he's gonna have to build on, and that's that's it's not a lot. Don't get me wrong, but you're in the toughest division, or at least one of the toughest divisions out in the NFL. Right. So if you can go and double your wins, then cool. You know, I mean, yeah, it's an improvement on last season. That's what you have to build on, and then hopefully that next year you're looking at the seven to nine range ballpark, and then year four you're looking at the ten to six, eleven to five. Like that's how you have to do it. Unfortunately for them, that might cost Zach Taylor's job. You have another less than great year. I mean, they really shouldn't, knowing that. Uh, I mean, what Mike Brown is? He he's kind of he's he's a loyal guy. Like they said, coming in, he he only interviewed Zach Taylor. Like for him just to give up on Zach Taylor, like what around year three? I don't think that would happen. I I wouldn't rule it out. It's just it's you want to have to show something though. It's, it's, right. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You wouldn't rule it out, but you're definitely going to be on the hot seat. I mean, I'm not saying he's not going to be on the hot seat. I'm just saying Marvin Lewis was on the hot seat for like okay a I majority just, of his career. Okay. But well, he still didn't move. Well, when when you said something about you wouldn't like fire him after like whatever. Yeah, yeah, three. I wouldn't fire him. You mean to tell me you wouldn't at least like put him on the hot seat? I mean, his job will be in jeopardy most definitely. Okay, but it's not like how with the Browns with Freddie Kitchen. Like his first year, they he did terrible. So they was like, you just gotta go. Yeah, pretty much. Like the Bengals at least know as dysfunctional as they can be, we need some stability. Mm -hmm. So they wouldn't just automatically get rid of Zach Taylor. I would say the difference with Marvin Lewis and Zach Taylor is Marvin Lewis is the reason Zach Taylor would be on the hot seat quicker just because the expectations for the Bengals are now like playoff or bust, you know, or, or the expectations of winning win playoff games. Before before Marvin Lewis got there, it was just hopefully we could squeak into the playoff one of these years. Then the Bengals end up being perennial playoff contenders, and now the expectations got high. That's what ended up doing Marvin Lewis in just because you expect them to win. You expect them to not choke away playoff games year after year. You expect Andy Dalton to not throw what would he have one touchdown, like eleven interceptions or something crazy like that? It was it was his playoff numbers are ridiculously terrible. Well, uh, what, what playoff was that? Was that against the Chargers? Total. Uh, total? Yeah, his playoff career is it is uh, uh, abominations. It is terrible. T E Arable. <laughs> I don't have to spell the whole thing. Arable. That's how that went. But it's. Let's look at these stats. It's. it's see, see, now you got Rondell curious. Yeah, I'm real curious. He like, that do sound like it's right in the park. Mm-hmm. All right, playoff passing. Let's see. Dang, he really is. <laughs> He's like one for. Yeah, it's one for six. It's one for six. One touchdown, six interceptions. That is terrible, bro. 
Yeah, he terrible. played in all. That's T E. Terrible. Yeah, that's all four games he you played in. That on t-shirt. He got one touchdown. I feel like I feel like we should just keep adding to our shirts to these shirts. By the way, shout out to Red's friend who made these shirts. That's actually. Well, I mean, first shout out to you know Hannah Miller or Red for coming up with the design. Then shout out to the friend. Yeah. Yeah. My plug it. That's crazy. That's wild. That's crazy. I I feel like we should keep adding slogans to the shirt. Free shirt. What's going to be next? That's wild. T.E. Arable. T.E. Arable? Why are you just going to throw T.E. Arable out the... (laughs) All right, bro. You got it. Man, bro. I thought we was... You got it. It'll be We're supposed to be brothers. And then, all right, bro. All right. Man. Uh, essays. I was not going to leave essays out of it, but you want to get rid of I forgot tea. about tea. Because it's about Dalton. That's what, that's yeah, why. We, we just said like two minutes ago. Because it was about Dalton. I mean, we pulled up at Baker's, you know, playoffs, but he ain't meant to. He ain't threw an interception yet in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so what? He ain't got no six interceptions. That's crazy. That's cool. I mean, since we talk about Baker, let's go on to uh, the Browns prediction. That transition. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's teaching over here. I mean, you know, I'm in the flow now. Well, when you listen, so. yes, sir. Oh, that's crazy. All right, so the Browns are predicted to go nine and seven. Their Super Bowl odds is thirty-five to one, which is I don't know how much better that would be than last year because I don't know. What are you not talking about the Bengals right now? I said, but you, but you, you said you don't know how well that is. So I said that's all right, yeah, better than the Bengals. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I don't know how better that was from last year to now because I feel like it was predicted at nine and seven last year. That's I thought last year that was the best case scenario for the Browns. I didn't think they yeah. were going to be eleven and five, twelve, nothing like that. Um, we severely and um, let let our whole team down. Really, we underperformed. Um, going six and ten, no, no, nine and seven. I could deal with. I I think they'll be closer to ten and six, eleven to five area this year. I always thought that. I mean, I, even though they disappointed last year, I thought it was going to be a seven to nine win year last year. And then this year it would be from nine to eleven. Just the kind of the same thing I was saying about the Bengals. Like you need to keep building to be able to get there. Um. That's a that's a turnaround. That's that's a. I mean, they have they have been building up this year. That's yeah. That's a, that's a winning record. So I mean, at this I mean, point, my only problem is Kevin Stefanski. To be honest with you, I I I I honestly think that was a great hire. I mean, I yeah, it was a great hire. I feel like the better hire would have been Kansas City's offensive coach, but Kevin Stefanski wasn't a bad hire. I'm just saying, like. I don't. Has he had another head coaching job? No, he hasn't. But he's been with Minnesota in pretty much every capacity. Yeah. So it's just. And like, I mean, he might be a better play caller. He will he'll definitely be a better play caller yeah. than it's, Kitchens. Well, yes. Well, I mean, you would be a better play caller than Kitchens. I could get the game, go to Axe Madden, <laughs> pick each play Madden tells me to pick, and that makes me a better. Um, coach than Freddie Kitchens. Right. I could run downstairs, go get Hannah Miller. Boom, boom. <laughs> Like they talk about how great Stefanski is, but like you think on like Marvin Lewis, like Marvin Lewis is a Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator. He got to the Bengals, he was still a good defensive coordinator, but we saw over time that he it just wasn't gonna add up. 
I mean, he didn't have the players that he had when he won that Super Bowl with the Ravens, but still, like, it's the transition too. You know, you at some point you can wear too many hats, and sometimes as a head coach, that's what does head coaches a lot of times is right, like giving up the play calling and all that. You have a lot more in your plate. Um, I think even Freddie Kitchen said something about that. Like, a big reason why he failed is he didn't know that he was gonna have to deal with so much non-football stuff. And so much of football is mental, you know. I mean, it's it's a game of chess. Yeah. Oh my God. So you want to? You really want to throw that in here? <laughs> do this today. All right. Yes, sir. Make football sure is a I'm, game of chess. Make sure to have you on uh, ninety minutes and, and uh, extra time next week. <laughs> Maybe you you want to join us? Yep, just so I can run around and say chess, <laughs> chess. <laughs> 90 minutes plus extra time to See, this is why we Tuesday need, from 12 to 1. This is why we need to score, score off air because they would they would be able to get the inside jokes and everything. We, yeah, I mean, we could kind of give a little explanation right now. Well, it's killing our time. We got to do it on Tyler's show. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're going to Tyler's show. We're not going, <laughs> going back to the Browns, man. I just, um, this should be a year to put their hands down and just play football. I mean, plain and simple. I mean, this the talking. Seems like Baker's trying to do that. You have to, you know. I mean, it's this is what it's all about. I mean, you have a team built to win. You don't often say that in Cleveland, so you have to go out and do it because, like we talked about for weeks, Freddie Kitchens is gone. So now, if you underperform, it ain't Freddie Kitchens' fault. He can't be to blame. So now we're looking at the quarterback. We're looking at the offensive line. You know, we're looking at the players on the team now because it wasn't coach's fault, right? Now we have a different coach. We're not going a different coach route again. So some players are going to have to make some moves, and they're going to have to decide that on the field. So and as far as um, going to the COVID situation, I'm not seeing a lot of opt-outs that super matter for the Browns. I know um, Billings didn't. He, he opted out, but um, he's deaf. You know, he's a death beast. So I think if you just. Wait, they still had Andrew. Wait, no. We had Andrew Billings. Yeah, and he That's went to crazy. Cleveland and then right. he opted out. Yeah. But I should mean, be happy that he opted out. Yeah. He would have been he would have been a death piece. But it's more so a lot of things are going to come down to that, too. You know what I'm saying? Like what happens if a star player, not just for the Browns, with anybody opts out. You know what I'm saying? Like at this point, anybody at any time could decide I'm just too much of a risk factor. You know, I know Tom Brady's getting older in age. That may be a concern for him. Well, I, was, I done did everything I needed to do. Right. What happens if Pat Mahomes just says, you know what, forget it. I don't think putting my life at risk. And I'm I mean, still after to- that big paycheck he got, I don't think he will. Man, I'll sleep on all that money. Just give me a pile of it. I ain't coming to work either. Forget it. But, right. and I think they still get paid if they don't. If they, um, I mean, he got the guarantee, so yeah, he should still get it. Charge it to the game. Yes, sir. But um, um, it's we just I need to see it. All right, but uh, D'Angelo Hall on Odell Beckham Jr. since it's his year two in Cleveland, he said he's gonna be back to form. You believe that? Yeah. Yes. You tr- y'all truly believe that? Yes. I mean, Baker gotta throw it to him. Yeah. Yeah. Baker threw it to him last year, and he still had a thousand yards, and he didn't play that well. Just take that, put that in context. You don't play that well, you still get a thousand yards. He still had over eighty catches. You know, he just he wasn't with with, with the coach that didn't call anything. All right, he, he got a lot done. <laughs> so it's it's just now I mean, you got an old line. 
um, put Conklin over there. You got Jedrick over there. So you you now you have mentioning them too. Yes, because that was the biggest problem with the with the Browns. I felt like like Kitchens was dumb, stupid. Right. But I think the line is it wasn't giving you time to throw. So you're dealing with duh, stupid, and oh no, here they come. You know what I'm saying? It's hard for you to get the ball out your hands and. Point one seconds, really, because that's all the time you have. Right. Now you have somebody that can control that. And one thing about Baker that made him the number one pick is his poise in the pocket when he has room. You know, um, come going back to Oklahoma, he had one of the best O lines that, that you could have in college. So when you give that man space to operate, he's going to be able to pick you apart. You can't have space when you got a three hundred pounder in your face every time. So I think it just boils down to being able to. See what you've done wrong because you have a lot of ideas wrong with Beckham. You know what I'm saying? So you can go ahead and review that film. You can see what he needs and get better. And now you have time to kind of work on yourself with him. And hopefully with this quarantine, a lot of the outside distractions go away. I know Baker just got married. He's settling his life down and kind of chilling. Beckham seems to be kind of cooling out too. You know what I'm saying? Landry was always a kind of cool person. You're not seeing a whole lot of wild stuff coming out the Browns camp. It just seems like they looked at that year, had the bad taste in their mouth, and now they want to come out and compete. So we'll see. You, you also have to consider in the fact that on the offensive side, the Browns just got really stronger in getting Kareem Hunt along with still having Nick Chubb, Austin Hooper, um, and still with like Odell and Jarvis, who are arguably the two best receivers in the league right now. I mean, he's, he, I mean, right. I'll, I'll, they are they are great, but I don't know if they could beat you know they counterparts down south. AJ Green's back. Oh, Tyler Boyd on the come on. AJ's back. Tyler, he's he's starting to come into his own. Austin Tate's a, a weapon. T Higgins coming in. Yeah, it's still ain't Beckham and Landry. Along with Hooper, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. That's just that's a plethora. That's, that's what you That's lethal. Yes. That's yes, a plethora. Yes, that whole I all those names that we mentioned for the Browns are lethal. On paper at least. I mean AJ Green is very le- lethal. Point. What? I mean AJ Green is very lethal when he's healthy. Yeah. When he's healthy. That's, okay. a, that's a so caveat. We're moving on. <laughs> now we're about to talk about. Now we're about to talk about coaches Ravens. They are predicted at to go twelve and four again. I think they went twelve and four for uh, last season, right? Adam Dale is throwing his clipboard right now. Yeah, did he say sixteen? He sure did. He sure did. He gonna be sorry after week one when they already own one. That's crazy. They gonna be owing two by week two. They'll play the Bengals weekly, do they? Nah, I think they do. Oh, they be one on one. Nah, that's a trap game. Come on. Oh, no, nah, they get their trap game, all right? That yeah. week one. Super Bowl odds is seven to one. I still don't really know how to read these Super Bowl odds. Yeah, I understand. So, what I, mean? uh, I believe. Seven, so, if like if it was like eight people in a room. Their Super Bowl odds would be seven people say they make the Super Bowl to their one person that says that they don't make the Super Bowl. Okay. Thanks for simplifying that because that actually makes sense now. Yeah. So seven out of one people will say they make the Super Bowl. Yes. That's crazy. According to Adam Dell, it should be eight. Eight people say they make the Super Bowl. <laughs> 16 and up. That man said 16 and oh. I mean, didn't blink an eye either. Wait, wait, who said that? Adam. Dell? Yeah. <laughs> 
he emphasized it. He had exclamation points under the statement and everything. So. Yeah, I think he had like a whole whole little paragraph in the in the score chat or something. Really? You just have to look through the gifts. Yeah, sir. It's a whole paragraph. Oh, it's in the score chat? Yeah, you'll find you'll find yeah, it through the gifts. <laughs> yeah, whole exclamation. They going sixteen though. <laughs> I mean with Hollywood Brown packing on twenty three pounds, you never know. He'd be running all over the place. Muscling the ball out of people's hands. He's still 155 pounds. Okay. That's the sad part. Man, put on 23 pounds and he's still weighs 150. I mean, I mean, it's not unbelievable that they could go 16 0, though. Uh, I mean, to me, a lot of things have to go right. A lot of things. And you have to have Lamar Jackson still be a baller like he was. I mean, he's not going to stop, though. The worst part is that now they got footage on them. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That can slow you down. Right. But it's always, to me, I've always seen like a pattern of, of this, whether it's just me or not. But if a quarterback has one great year, that following year, whether he tries to re, uh, reciprocate it or not, it always turns out to be a mediocre performance. Well, what quarterback, you know, like that. Name it, dude. Name it. We can use Mahomes as an example. I mean, I know Mahomes won the Super Bowl and he did, he did his thing, but statistically, he took a drop off. He did. He missed some games. It was it wasn't the same. I mean, he turned up come playoff time, but it was a lot of he throwing fifty five touchdowns again. I mean, to be honest, he got saved in that Super Bowl. So. Right, Fitzpatrick. Prime example, Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick did wonders with with uh, Jacksonville, right? Okay, next uh next one. <laughs> what? He steals he steals money, boy. I need Fitzpatrick's agent. Nah, nah. Shout out nah, to his I love agent. Fitzmagic. What are you talking about? What? Uh, he he did he did he did great in Jacksonville, right? Right. As soon as he gets to Miami, total bust. Was he a total bust? Yeah, yes, we went. We won one game. I mean, that's we one, won one game. Y'all that tells you the state of that effort. Tank. They tried to take a tank wrong. Right. No. Okay. No, 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 no. Y'all were tanking. Right. Ooh. We tanked. Because two we got Tua. Mm. Correct. We won one game with him. So you wanted two over Joe Burrows? I mean, but he was still balling out there. I think he had 400 yards almost every game. Who, uh, is Magic? No. No. All right, let's look it up. He stuck up the joint. I mean, this ain't AFC North, but let's look it up. He was, uh... He he. I mean, he I mean you, told, you told me to name a quarterback that did that, and I named a quarterback. It like, I, mean, I, I I get to his point just because it's it's you're not going to do that again. I mean, you can still have a good year. No, Twelve no. and four is not a bad year. If you look back at the Ravens, you say okay, they was fourteen and two last year, and they were twelve and four this year. You're not going to necessarily say oh they took a big step back. They didn't. I bet it was Tampa Bay, not Jacksonville. Same Florida team. The NFL got better. Um. They're going to have attention on on Lamar Jackson more because I think a lot of last year was what Lamar Jackson still can't do. I think that's how they was looking at it. Now they're looking at Lamar Jackson like he can do everything. So the coverage is going to be different. The preparation is going to be different. I think a lot of times through the year, you weren't necessarily preparing for Lamar Jackson. I think a lot of that year you were preparing for that offense just in general because him and Mark Ingram was a tandem that – was just borderline unstoppable. Right. I think now with more tape, he'll go ahead and say, well, I'm going to let Mark Ingram get off the end. 
I'd rather Mark Ingram see the ball 30 times and make Lamar Jackson have to drop back a little bit more to make some. You're going to make him do things different. Lamar Jackson is just your average quarterback when you take the feet out of the play. So you think he's just average in the pocket? If he's just a drop back quarterback all day, that's that's not what makes him special. You're just a normal dude once you're. Now, granted, he can still get the job done. I think if he can stand in the pocket, right. that may be where what wins him a championship at some point in time. But what makes Lamar Jackson where he's at now, which I think is a, a regular season kind of quarterback, because the playoffs he he disappointed the last two years. They haven't. Show I mean, me. I'm not I'm not coach, so I'm not really about to defend him, but there was a lot of drop passes. Yeah, I mean it was, but at the same time it's it's on you. To me, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the credit, I'm gonna give you the blame. So rather you win or rather you lose, as a quarterback of that team, you're you're gonna determine that fate of your squad. Um they 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 for the last two years, as far as what I've seen, they disappointed come playoff time. So I'm going to just need to see him step up and show me that he's more than just a regular season baller because that's a lot of guys. You know, you can you can have all the awards you want. You can do your thing all through the regular season. When it comes to playoff time, winning time, you disappear. So it's that's my only thing with him, and that's why I still have Pat Mahomes over him as far as who I'm taking because I've seen Pat Mahomes do it. I've seen Pat Mahomes get statistically worse, but still become a better quarterback and a championship-winning quarterback. So that's all I'm saying with Lamar Jackson. He may not be the same as he was last year, but last year was like a, a record holder, um, something that you, you don't see often. I don't expect him to duplicate that because that's not a record holder. I mean, I don't expect him to duplicate it either, but, I, I mean, I feel like he'll still have a great season. He won't have a drop-off season like y'all seem to think he will. Well, I mean, a drop-off season is depending on what, uh, what way you look at it. If he goes 12-4, and four, is that a drop-off? I mean, statistically, yeah. Like, you lost two more games than you did the year before. But mm-hmm. if you look if you look around and you win the playoff, I mean, if you win the championship out of that, is it a drop-off? I just think with him, it's a to-be-determined kind of thing because he can play better than he did last year, and they can disappoint just like he did last year. Last year, he played a whole lot better than he played his first year. Obviously, you expect that from a rookie to a second year, but they the, the end result was still the same. Right. He played to win the game. He didn't win the game at the end. It was Pat Mahomes that held that trophy up. So what I'm saying is I need to see Lamar Jackson not only be that regular season baller that he can be, but I need to see him be that quarterback that can help you win championships too. Because otherwise, you'll just be Dan Marino. No, Dan Marino was one of those guys that, I mean, he bought out. He put up the numbers. He was one of the best quarterbacks you've ever seen. Have no ring. So when it was time to shine, the biggest stage and the biggest moments, Dan Marino wasn't out there. So am I going to put him over a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady, a Joe name? You know, you name the guys. I can't because this man don't have no ring. If you look at Lamar Jackson, then he's putting up crazy numbers and man-like numbers, but he doesn't have no type of jewelry. I'm going to say that he's going to keep having that same drop-off because at this point in time, that's what I expect out of him. He needs to prove different, at least in my opinion. So you can have a drop off, but you can you can have it's 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 more than one way to drop off. If his rushing you know if his rushing yards drop off by two hundred, is that a drop off, or is he making that up in the passing game? You know what I'm saying? Like it's just a whole a whole bunch of different ways you go. But I think with the Ravens as a team, I need to see a championship. They are at that point where it's championship or bust because you're still playing Lamar Jackson pennies on the dollar. That's a huge factor. So this is his window. His window ain't when he gets the big money because now 
That line ain't the same no more. That running game ain't the same no more. The wide receivers ain't the same no more. That defense ain't the same. You're going to have to lose something. Pat Mahomes is about to see that. You're going to lose some things where you have to pay this man. You're giving Lamar Jackson the 30 pick in the first round draft money. That's pennies on a dollar. I mean, but what if he does like how NBA do? Like, you know how they take pay cuts just to make sure everyone eats. You don't think he'll do that? He ain't no. taking no pay cut. Pay him the money. And if you're his agent, you'll be the worst agent in the world if you told him to take a pay cut. Yeah. A pay cut but if you want him to win more Super Bowls, wouldn't it be? He still had Pat, Pat Mahomes took a pay cut. He's still left with $503 million. And that's a pay, he cut. a pay cut. He took a pay cut. He did take a pay cut. Pat that's Mahomes could have made $100 million a year if he wanted to. <laughs> like. So it's just it, it boils down to that, and then he's more of a risk factor too. So you have to weigh that out. Am I looking at signing up? If you're telling me I'm signing up for a Dan Marino career, am I happy for that? Because I'm leaving with no ring. Or if you're telling me that mm, I might leave with an Eli Manning career, was well, mm, so so whatever whatever, but I leave with two rings. Like, what do you want to sign up for? So my point is, he's just going to have to show me when he's getting paid this. That he can do it because otherwise he may be where Russell Wilson is. Russell Wilson, he's still ball, he's still doing his thing. Whoop but Russell Wilson is getting paid big money there. So All he's right. not they're not winning championships at this moment. They haven't won championship from the first time he won the championship when they were paying him that rookie contract. So it's just Lamar Jackson has to elevate himself early before I can see him not taking that drop off. All right, okay. Uh, by the way, that fits uh, Patrick. He only had one 400 yard game. Yeah, I know. It was against Cincinnati. No, we ain't have to talk about that. Mm. We could have talked about the 300 yard game against uh, Philly, but we ain't have to talk about so that. So you just gonna say 400 yard game, but you wasn't gonna say against him? Uh-huh. You just robbed the people. Nah, because they should have right. lost that game. It's a shame. But, <clears throat> all right, moving on. Last but not least, we got the Steelers prediction. They are. Predicted to go ten and six, which is abysmal, and the uh, Super Bowl odds is twenty five to one. Mm. Mm. Uh, a lot's gonna have to go right for them. I mean, it's, it all boils down to Big Ben, but ten and six is it's. I think a lot of that comes from their defense. I think they're looking at the defense in the run game. And having a quarterback like Big Ben will help them just because he's been in that system. He knows how to run those plays. He's a guy that I know he was hurt all year last year, but it's not like he's going into a different system. So, I mean, 10-6 and six is a typical around the area, the Steelers, when they're at their best. I don't think they're at their best. Again, it's been documented. I don't think you see 16 games out of Big Ben. But I think when they're doing the predictions, they're not doing the predictions off of if Big Ben gets hurt. I don't think they're looking at it as if the run game doesn't or does or whatever the case may be. They're looking at everything as best case scenario. So I think if best case scenario, they got the Steelers at ten and six. I can agree with that. You can I you can get them. behind that. I mean, I really can. <laughs> I still hate them, punks. I had to say nice stuff about them. I hate that every time. I mean, I really can't because I agree with you. I don't see them at their best. I mean, yeah, last year. Not at their best, not with their, you know, their season quarterback. They went eight and eight, but I felt like that was mostly off luck, to be honest. At times, yeah, to be honest, it was right place, right time too, and it was the Fitzpatrick situation helped them out a lot. Who, who was the, who was that quarterback last year for Pittsburgh? Uh, at first it was uh, Mason Rudolph. Yeah, at first it was Mason, Mason then it was Doug. Then he got hurt. Yeah, because he, he got what, annihilated by. The, 
he got like smacked hard against Baltimore. Oh, you talking about that? Oh, you talking about the Earl Thomas hit? It was, it was like the third game of the season. Oh, I thought you was talking about um, uh, Miles Garrett with the helmet. Nah, that's all I ever remember nah. about Mason Rudolph. I just keep seeing him get smacked around the head. Nah, that that uh that Earl Thomas then. I didn't, I don't think that put him down because Earl Thomas had hit him. No, I, I thought it did because he left but, on the well, no, it, stretcher. Yeah, with, uh, with this. but I think he came back. Yeah, it. he did come back. I think he that. came back. Okay. And then he got that after, Miles Garrett, was, <laughs> yeah, after Miles Garrett. He, uh, <laughs> that was crazy. I want to say after Miles Garrett, they definitely benched him. That's a run up and get done up. That's, that's what you call that. Yeah. That's what you call that. That whoops upside the head. But I mean, yeah. like got a duck. Eight, like I feel like they could go eight and eight again. Like I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is gonna come back the same way he was at all, and I feel like he'll get injured at least by like the fifth game. I was about to say week five, week five he has to be like there's no way he's he's up there in age. I mean he's not as old as Tom Brady, but he's up there in age. Yeah, and you know he hasn't been taking the best care of his of his body over the years, and now he is so. I don't. I don't think he, he's just gonna come back completely the same Ben Roethlisberger that annoys me. He's always been a walking injury bug. Yeah. See, I don't. I've never been a big fan of. Oh, I'm in the best shape of my life at 39. Like, no, I know you're not. If you're in the best shape of your life at 39, you did something wrong from 18 to 39. Because there's there's just physically there's no way. Especially you've been a quarterback, you've taken as many hits as he's taken, you've been injured as much as he's been injured. I know for a fact it has to take over your your body at some point. Yeah, like you know, you only feel better now because ain't nobody hitting you at full speed in, in football pads. But once you start feeling that burn, yeah. I just feel like he's going to end up tapping out. I think last year it was more of a foreshadowing kind of thing. Like every athlete still thinks that they can go a little bit. You can ask some retired athletes now, and they'll tell you, oh, I'll probably give you five plays. Yeah, you a little five. You know, so I think Big Ben probably looks at it the same way. Like when I did have a fully healthy year a couple years ago, we bought out, which is true, but a couple years and a couple aches here and there starts to build up once your age gets older, you know, once you start knocking on the door 40. So I just it's, – it's going to be tough for him to be able to compete that way, but – We'll see. The Steelers always find a way to be in that playoff hunt. It makes me sick every year, but I wouldn't expect anything less from and I can't sit up here and be uh, talking football and, and let my bias get the best of me every time. I mean, we can't. I still hate them. I hate them to the punks. Uh, so, now that we're done with the Steelers, uh, unless you got something to say, Ty. Nah, this has nothing to do with Football. All right, right. It's Ty's I'll, DMs. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you after the. We're Ty's DMs. Well, I mean, I'm about to end the show right now. Wow. Tell me about it. <laughs> Dang, bro. Wait. Go share the juice. Don't worry about it. All right, man. Well, uh, we we basically at the end of our show. Any last thoughts? Um, check us out next week. Uh, yeah. Anyone want to uh, shout out any social medias? We got um the Nutty North page. Go ahead and like. I don't think you can subscribe, but like, share, do all that other stuff. Don't be a hater. Support. What about you, Ty? Shout out your stuff. Uh, Yeah. If anybody is interested in soccer at all. (laughs) Which is uh, nobody. 90 Minutes Plus Extra Time, the revival every Tuesday from 12 to 1. You also can follow me on Twitter at MRTylerF. 
Um, I don't think I can say my Instagram name, my virtual one, but if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Ty Makes Photos, F O T O S. I don't know what he just said about his Instagram, but my, my, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. But, um, uh, yeah, you know, follow me, Facebook, Rondell Sutherland, Instagram, R. Sutherland Films. Huh? Did you just shout out your email? No, I said follow me, Facebook, <laughs> Rondell Sutherland. <laughs> I thought they said, yeah, email. Instagram. <laughs> What's the email? Email, Hotmail. Instagram. Uh, Black Planet, MySpace. Can I get on my social media? All right, whatever. I don't even be on our <laughs> desk. I'm going to my Black Planet page back up. All right. Bounce. But that's been Nutty North. Uh, see y'all next week